Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. Now you are listening to Waking Up in America, and if you just heard that bubbling font of energy, that's Helen Samuels, who is going to be our guest today. We've got a really interesting show planned for you on this radio magazine that we have here. And we invite you to listen to what we consider really intriguing conversations in radio. You're going to meet Helen Samuels today. We're going to be talking about our friend Dennis Weaver, who left on Friday. Uh, Cherie Ross will be here. Lisa Molson. Um, Debbie Ringchop has one of the most horrible cases of laryngitis you've ever heard. So we're going to play a little tape on her that we caught when her voice was crisp, crystal clear. And George Rajeski will be here, and Gail Ellen will be helping, because when a really special friend of the planet and a special personal friend dies, you got to say something about it. So uh, it turns out that Helen was really supported by um, Dennis's efforts, too, and we're going to find out a little bit more about that. I'm actually going to be working with a radio station to create... Um, a memorial for him. So we're looking into how to put that together. We should have that for you. Um, won't be played on this show, but we'll be playing that in the next few weeks. And we're really pleased to have Helen and Gail and the rest of the team here today. And um, Bob Costa of the Home Shopping Network says we're doing radio that will change the world, and we hope you think so too. So help us to make that true. If you hear a dog barking or something clanging or... <laughs> A person in the background know that we're calling in from our homes and offices all over the United States, and in this case, Mexico today, to cause this program. And we're on computers all over the world, so you can call or email a friend right now and invite them to go to wakingupinamerica.com to check out how to create the links and stuff so you can join us. Sign up as a listener um, and use the same form to send us questions or comments that you can actually send us while we're doing the show. And... um, We'll actually put them on the radio. Keep a paper and pen handy as there'll be names, numbers, and ideas that you might want to jot down. And if you want to email me during the show or at any other time, you simply send the email to val at wakingupinamerica.com. So, Gail, are you here? Are you on, Gail? She'll be on shortly if she isn't here right now. Elisa Molson, are you here? Well, I know Helen Samuels is. I'm here. Was that you, Helen? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. So, Gail and Lisa, um, just please join us when you get the chance. Um, I'm here. Oh, good, Lisa. We were talking about Dennis dying on Friday. Lisa Molson is a Family Matters, and um, she really makes a difference in, in, in what happens with families. So, Lisa and I were very involved in the 2001 car drive. In fact, one of the tribes that we worked with actually contributed a good chunk of money right. to help hydrogen happen. Right, and that was the Savoba tribe in Southern California. I think yeah, so the Indians okay. really stepped up. Yep, as they, you know, as they are the considered the keepers of the earth. Or no, I thought that was pretty good. Yep. I always have this memory of you standing outside of Dennis's house talking to him in Malibu with your boots on. Right. <laughs> He was a tall guy. He was a tall guy, but it was really funny because very few guys, Dennis's height, get looked at eye to eye. And how tall are you? Well, I'm I'm five eleven, but with my boots on, I'm probably about six two. 
Yeah, she was just looking at him eye to eye, and I could tell he was getting off on it. And what was really fun about the whole thing was is that we were actually creating the first hydrogen drive. Right. And that left Santa Monica and went to Denver, Colorado. And you were just such a special part of that. Boy, I'll tell you, Lisa and I worked our butts off. And Dennis had actually come up to me and said, um, hmm, you know, if you don't think we can do this, Val, we won't do it. And I said, with the friends we've got, Dennis, we could do anything. So Lisa is one of the friends. And Lisa, I wondered if you want, you had any memory that you wanted to share with the listeners of this great guy who died last Friday in bed next to his wife of 60 years, just kind of fell over and it was over for him. What would you like to say to Dennis right now? He's listening. Well, I just want to, um, first of all, give my condolences to his wife and and for what little time I was able to experience Dennis, I was able to see the the effects that he left on the on the on the earth. <clears throat> He's probably one of those guys that would leave the light footprint um, as those who are involved in being kind to nature and not leaving a lot of uh, destruction behind. And uh, he really lived his talk. I mean, I remember being at his house and he didn't even use paper towels. <laughs> You know, all glass plates for entertaining. You know, there was nothing where they would have to use something that would be detrimental to the earth. And just to see the effect of what I, I was down in New Zealand um, a couple of years back, and I remember going to a place that um, one of the Maori natives had built. It was all out of recycled materials, and their inspiration was Dennis Weaver. Oh, really? So you, you never oh, know. My God what kind of an impact that somebody's going to have on someone's life, and including, you know, my son, a lot of people talk about <clears throat> wanting to, I have a lady here in, in Lactiflama, Wisconsin, who is actually building her home out of recycled materials, and and, and he was such a, uh, a a great example of living his, his talk. He not only just believed in uh, economics and, and wanted to make something he said, if there was a way to make a money off of conserving energy, we would be doing that. But because there isn't so much uh, an avenue that people can see yet, he put the thought out there for us to consider that. And yeah. that's what he's looking at. That's what economics is all about. He says, consider the possibility that we could actually have a, a world that, that can prosper and, and also be kind to the, to the earth as well. Yeah, totally. And uh, that's what he's all about, and I just love that man for that. And my heart goes out to his family. I mean, I'm just sad to hear the news. I just heard about it this morning on our call this morning. So I just, what a fabulous man. <laughs> yeah, know. totally. And you know what's really interesting, Lisa and Helen, too? Are you here yet, Gail? Yeah, I'm, re- I'm right, like, right on. And, well, one know. of the things I think is really interesting is Dennis had cancer. I didn't even realize that. Mm-hmm. You sure couldn't tell it by looking at him. But what's really, really, re- I know a lot of the stuff he did. You know, he ate raw foods, and he worked with radionics, and he did, you know, a number of things. But what's really interesting is there was no way that it could be conceived that he would live as long as he lived. Right. He actually had, like, five years more of life than was far out past the farthest prediction. Right. And in that five years, he created the hydrogen drives. Right. It's really yeah. amazing. You know, um, in 1963, I went to one of the first health food stores, uh, in uh, uh, in the valley, in the San Fernando Valley, in Encino, and it was owned and run by Dennis Weaver and his wife, Jerry. And, you know, that was sort of in the beginning, and there they were kind of leading the path. And a very interesting thing about him, in 1948, Val, he qualified for the U.S. Olympics. I heard that. Yeah. 
He really gave me chills, actually. Yeah. And he was part Irish, part Scottish, part English, and part Cherokee Indian. So, wow. you know, no wonder he had such a great commitment to the land. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a good story. I remember, um, and Helen, you can jump in here, too, if you like. I remember talking to him about how I had gone to Atlanta, and then I stood out in front of... Um, I stood out in front of Martha Luther King's house where he'd been born, and I just started spontaneously crying, and all I could say was, thank you for having come. So Dennis and I were having one of our late-night conversations, and he goes, well, Val, I did the same thing. And I said, Martin Luther King? He goes, nope, Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) You know? So it's like, that's what motivated us. That's what moved him. He stood in front of Abraham Lincoln's house and he cried. Mm-hmm. And he said, thank you for having come. And then we both had, you know, a couple of mushy moments after that. But the truth of the matter, that's what drove his heart. And in the L.A. Times today, they put his obituary in today. Uh, it actually said, um, Dennis Weaver, actor and um, environmentalist. It's actually the other way around. <laughs> He's an environmentalist that happened to be an actor. Right, right. He he devoted a lot, much of his time to humanitarian and ecological causes over the years, and I think that's where uh, our guest today, Helen Samuels, um, um, is right swimming in line with right. now you, some how of do you know solutions to, to environment and social challenge. How do you know him, Helen? Well, what happened was, you know, I'm always the one that has the ideas that are always pushing the envelope and way out there, right? Back in the 80s, I had this concept. Uh, gang members and environment. You know, like, uh, if they really learn to love Mother Earth, they, you know, they could learn the love of the place they have and they could be very fruitful for the community and guide the community. So, um, very few people could make that connection, you know, and uh, there came a point that I, I imported 20 gang members from the project in Mexico to inspire the ones in the States, and everybody thought it was going to be a gang um, a gang conference or something. And mm-hmm. he's the only one who really, really got it. And somebody took me to visit him, and he put his name on some letters that I was putting out of people that, you know, were uh, supporting us and stuff like that. And he helped me. I had these 20 guys. We, we They got there. Even at, from that letter, the mayor of Compton gave them the keys of the city. <laughs> we, we had conferences all over, about three weeks of conferences and courses. But it took one person to say, yes, I make the connection. I can understand that's very possible. And I must say it was a key moment in my in my life where somebody that wasn't in the social uh, situation of, of working with society in that way, somebody from the environmental world and the acting world said, yes, there is a connection for everybody with the environment. Well, that's perfect. And it was a major turn for, for us. Yeah, I want to read something. Um Dennis had this. He, Dennis loved to give out certificates when people participated, and um, I was actually the first director of the first hydrogen car drive with him back in 2001. And then they did another one in 2003, where we went from Santa Monica to Washington D.C. And and that one, um, this happens to be something that he wrote just for um, for people that contributed to the drive. But I think it gives you a flavor of the men, and it says the Institute of Economics recognizes the extraordinary contribution, in this case it's of Valerie Kirkgaard, as a co-creator of the Dennis Weaver International Hydrogen Drive. By your selfless gift, 
You have demonstrated your determination to free our society from oil dependence, usher in an age of clean, inexhaustible hydrogen, and leave a planet where future generations can live healthy, safe, productive, and prosperous lives. This historic drive was made possible by the support of concerned people all over the world. Let it be known that Valerie was one of them, Dennis Weaver, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now, if you get that every person that worked with him was talked to like that, that really makes a difference. It's really inspiring. We actually have a, we've put up a picture of Dennis on the website and a link to IOE, and we invite you to go to our website, follow the link to IOE, and the website, our website is wakingupinamerica.com, and if you feel like sending flowers or making a contribution, that's the way that you can do it because IOE actually stands for Teaching children, that's why you're so wonderful here on this occasion, Helen. Thanks. To be the environmentalists of the future. Mm. And to have IOE's commitment is to put, um, which, by the way, um, ecolonomics is a combination of the word ecology and economics, into the classroom so that every child has the opportunity to learn how to be a steward of the earth. You know, we we got to share it with the Indians, you guys. Gail, did you have anything you wanted to say before we turn this over to Helen? Uh, you know, he, he just was um, a great contribution, and he was a good friend to our show and to you and uh, a great support. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll talk more about it on his memorial show, but Dennis actually walked into our radio station back in 1987 and goes, Val Kirkgaard there? And I went, oh, my God, he's actually here. <laughs> Well, he's actually gone now, but he's not. He leaves a wide trail behind him. Um, Lisa, did you want to say anything before we pass this over to good old Helen here? What a great man. I just love him, and I want him to know I love him. <laughs> I'm looking at his picture right now. I keep uh-huh. it on my desk all the time. Right. I have. I just want to cry, so I just I just want to say I love him, and I love Jerry, and I think he just is um, was an awesome person. Uh, I have to quote one thing before we leave. We're, when we were doing the hydrogen car stuff, he's like running around driving all the hydrogen vehicles, and he's having a really good time. And I said, Dennis, you're just sparkling. He goes, Val, I'm a star, and that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Dennis. You still sparkle in my heart and my eyes, and you will sit on my desk for the rest of my life. Um, Helen Samuels, oh, my God. It's the fourth water conference coming up in Mexico City. There's all kinds of outrageous things going on, $30,000 for booths. What is all this water thing that's happening? Well, um, actually, it's the fourth World Water Forum, and the last one was actually in Kyoto. By what we hear, it's the first one ever where this massive mobilization of citizens around it of people who are participating already for 10, 20, 15 years in and ways to uh, save water, ways to restore water and dry toilets and, and all, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of things, of teaching, everything else. And most of them, as a matter of fact, very few are able to get into the forum to exhibit and to share and to network. And so we came up with the idea, well, hey, let's make our own forum, the alternative forum, you know. Besides, we're under the impression that most of the things that will be dealt with have already been decided. There's not much space for decision-making. Oh, so So, just kind of informing people. 
No, it's, it's supposedly a process where is it people decide should water be privatized or not. That's pretty much the running theme, even though they claim the theme is local solutions and a global challenge of local solutions. But we are the local solutions. And they and won't let the local solution in, you're saying. No, even the Hopi who are running, the Hopi are running from Mesa. They start tomorrow, and they're running till they arrive in Mexico in the late at night of the 15th. They wanted to go all the way in and present the water that they're carrying from all over the world, and they were advised that for security reasons it might not be the right thing to do, whatever it is. But the point is, they're being received by the Mexicas, the Otomis, the Otihuanacos, the Amasawa women, the, the rainmakers. There's a lot of people in Mexico who still consider the art of making rain and, and observing the times when rain starts and when it ends and thanking water. They're all coming out, and it's a big ecumenical event. All we've done, Val, is create spaces. I, believe me, we've created spaces, and they have been filled with people who are willing uh, to participate. Our starting kickoff is the 16th, which is the day of world prayer for peace. We haven't declared it officially, but all over the world at 12 o'clock Mexico time, people are going to take a moment to thank water, to be grateful, to say a prayer for water, to recognize that we are walking water, and to know that whatever imprint we leave on water on ourselves can be, uh, the emotions can be affected and, and that we, we are custodians of water for, for ours and all the generations. Let me just interrupt you for a moment because I, I want people to be able to hook up with the prayer you were talking about. It's 1219 right now mm-hmm. in California. Is it the same time in Mexico or is it different? 19. Okay, so line up with Los Angeles. Later. It would be 10 o'clock Los Angeles time. Okay, 10 o'clock Los Angeles time? Okay, great. Uh-huh. In the morning. So it'd be three o'clock and, Eastern time. Yeah. No, right? That's wrong. Oh, it, would it would be, be uh, one o'clock Eastern time. Exactly. Okay, great. And um, actually, Tibetans are doing it. Uh, Baha'is, Sufis. Uh, it's also a, a Buddhist for me that is the, the day of Buddhist World Peace Prayer Day. I mean, uh, may peace prevail on Earth Day and. I don't know. We're finding out it's the, it's the Aztec New Year's. We're finding out that it's a very symbolic day, but at the same time, it makes us very happy that the first major action of this week of work will be started with a prayer of respect for water. A you global know, prayer of respect for water. Yes. Yes, indeed. Not now, to mention all the Native peoples doing their dancing, which would be precious. In case people want to know, it's techio.com, right, your website? Right. T-E-K-I-O? Exactly. Techio means our gift to the community, our our work for the community. So does the community pay you, or how do you get your funds? Well, no. (laughs) This whole event was just created by heart. Actually, we have the Assembly, Legislative Assembly of the City of Mexico offered to give us funds, and we just found out today we're getting them two or three days before the event. So All right. Major pickle. No, it's not all right because we have to, uh, we have to like, uh, you know, all the, the equipment. We have to lose deposits. Oh, gotcha. We have this, we have that, and, and they come a day after. And So we're like in a real pickle. Actually, we're reaching out to the world community of those who would like to come but can't make it. You know, to check our website this afternoon, and there's two or three ways they can help us. Can they donate on the website? 
Yes, there's, um, well, not on it yet. We don't have that kind of button, but we have a couple of umbrellas that you can send to, or you, you can trust and make a direct deposit that it goes right to the thing, you know. Anyway, it will give three options. We don't have a button yet for that. Well, um, I think that's a button you should get pretty fast. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's a good button Take to have. <laughs> well, I, okay, I'll get it tomorrow. To, tomorrow there you go. There you go. go so, I'll get martyred. <laughs> So, Gail or Lisa or, or, or George or Cherie, um, do you have anything that you'd like to ask um, Helen about? Helen, I'm just wondering if, if this is the uh, conference where uh, Dr. Emoto also takes part. Yes, actually, he has really been helpful. He's going to be present. He's making it a point to be present uh, with the Aztec ceremony to begin with, and he's circulated also his website. Also, he's given us photographs. And on the side, I convinced the city of Mexico to put these beautiful photographs in the subways and the major mm. places so the pe- people of Mexico can also feel and sense this beauty we're talking about. And the city agreed to mount them, and Dr. Moto agreed to allow us to utilize those photographs we're, we're thrilled about. Um, also, he's going to be interviewed at our site, and uh, also the third film will be shown. Oh, I need to interrupt you for a minute, Helen. I need to interrupt you for a minute. You need to let people know who Dr. Emoto is. Okay. Um, Dr. Emoto was a, is a scientist who has found a way of photographing. They, they take water and they uh, program it with an intent. It could be, I love you, or I hate you, I want to kill you, or whatever the intent is, they program it, and then they have a way of photographing this formation of the cell, the, how the cell um, creates itself and recreates itself according to the intent. Now, this is the this is major. This is a, puts us in a whole new world because Absolutely. not only can we realize that we can program intent and it alters our chemistry, but we realize that we're almost 70, 75% water. What does that do to our water when we, when we program it with... Um, with anger or we program it with love, you know, and, and or, or love for others and program water for healing. It's, it's huge and, and it's so simple that a simple person that sees a photo before you say love to it and a photo after or vice versa and you see it right there and it, 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 it's major, it's huge. So we're very thrilled that he's so excited about um, being with us and he also supports the Hopi enormously. He's taken photos of the Hopi water, and, and it's awesome. Even one of the photos he took of Hopi mist looks identical to a kachina doll, which is very interesting. <laughs> well, I'll be quiet. I have to stop for a moment because I tend to, to talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you should see. I, I didn't have Helen scheduled, but she called me up a couple of weeks ago in the morning from Mexico, and she's calling from Mexico right now. So, And she was so jubilant about what was happening. They said, okay, okay, you can be on the radio. <laughs> so here she is. She's so excited about her message that she's probably about three feet high off the ground. I know, and we love having allies like you, Val, and all of you. We love it because we feel that we can't get to the regular media that easily, but there's so many wonderful people that have are like-minded people that say there's new things we can do, there's new things we can think and feel, and to have a window right there for us is awesome. No, I get it. So what would you like listeners to know the most right now? Because we're just about out of time. 
Okay, well, they can check our website and see all the various things we're doing because not only do we have entertainment um, and we also have things that are gentle and beautiful for for uh, the entertainment aspect, but we have really deep things. We have network building tent. We have videos, and, and it's all in there. We have a, a high-technology tent that the youth are doing. They're interviewing people. We're streaming it around the world. Um, the Earth Communications Office, they're awesome, www.oneearth.org. They've let us use their commercials, their PSAs. Um, everybody's really, whoever I've contacted, they've said we're with you. So, you know, we, we would love you at least also to, to share it with other people. And if somebody can help us right now, basically it'll be very wonderful because we're all at the point where our phones are going to go out and all this kind of stuff just because it's a big production and we spent three months in it and we're just before the light. What do you mean so, all the phones are going to go out? Well, in other words, at the time right now, we're like our budget is, is null and void because we've already invested three months in it. So oh, we need it. some income for in the next week to get the little infrastructure stuff gone. We have done so much with nothing. It's awesome. So we just need another week, you know, to get some stuff in uh, to, to build the infrastructure and get the tents out there and all this kind of stuff. So if anybody wants to help, any particular thing, it will be on the web. They can earmark it, and, you know, they'll be our allies forever. Yeah, check out <laughs> techio.com. That's T-E-K-I-O.com. This is dot .net, .net. Sorry, my fault. Dot .net. Oh, dot .net? Yes. Oh, my dot God. <clears throat> Well, that'd be a terrible thing to send them to the wrong place. Okay, techio.net. Yeah. Techio.net. Techio.net. There you yeah. go. We can't. <laughs> it says water for life. That's something we need, isn't it? We don't live with, yeah. we don't exist without water. So your forum is actually um, the 20th to the 22nd? Actually, it starts on the 18th. We have the, uh, the whole process starts on the 18th. The 20th to the 22nd is the forum that's heavily focused on uh, being at an international base camp for all the NGOs and CBOs, community-based organizations, and the international people to come and meet each other, give conferences. So that's what that is at. But during the weekend, we'll be seen by hundreds of thousands of Mexicans. That well, are just congratulations. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking that stand for this. And um, just good work, Helen. Uh, we're excited. And then and later on, uh, you can look at all the interviews we've done and everything. We'll be well, talking about our we're website. Of, right now, we're out of time. No, but um, later just, on, you know. Well, okay, you know, I appreciate thanks it. to everybody. And I'll say thank you, Nahuatl. Plazo Kamati. Thank you, everybody. You steadies. <laughs> you steadies. Okay, take care. <laughs> so, yeah. Lisa Molson of Family Matters. You've, you've heard hear quite a lot. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear oh, you. Okay, good. Lisa is um, she's in charge of families here on Waking Up in America. She had the most diverse set of circumstances imaginable, and she shines through it all. So she's the natural to do this. So, what do you have for us today, Lisa? Well, would you like to know how to teach your child to keep his room clean? Oh my God, there's a way to do that. Oh my gosh, I'm like, <clears throat> what could I what could I share with the world today? And I looked at my daughter's rooms and like, you know, I've I've heard different scenarios like, you know, shut the door and let them, you know, experience the consequences and not being able to find their things. You know, there's all these different approaches, but this is one that was really interesting. But it takes a little more involvement than most of us would like to do, but I know that um, they've, been, they've gotten some really good results. 
first of all, if any of you have ever been frustrated on how <clears throat> your child's room looks uh, like I do, um, we go through a cycle of, you know, letting it get messy, you know, reminding them a couple of times it doesn't get done, and then all of a sudden you get mad, then they clean their room, and then the cycle goes all around again, right? So it's just all, <clears throat> it just goes around and around. So how do you break that cycle? Um, from Dr. Michael Connor, who's a psychologist in parenting out of Bend, Oregon, he's got something on clean rooms guaranteed. And he says, teaching involves practice and supervision, monitoring, and a structure that teaches self-discipline. Instead of teaching, some parents decide to get tough, and they try to dish out punishment, all of these types of things. But threats and punishment doesn't work well with a lot of kids. And, in fact, it makes things worse and creates power struggles, resentment, and vindictive behavior. So here's, here's a recommendation on messy rooms. The solution is that he recommends getting a 50-gallon plastic storage container and a 25-gallon uh, clear, clear storage container and what you do is you go through the kids' room and you dump everything in there that's sitting out into the 50-gallon storage container and take it out of the room. Clean the room completely. And then when the child comes home, show them what a beautiful room they have and then show them what you did with all of their stuff. <laughs> okay? It says sit down with your kid and then spend some time going through the whole room, putting things away, showing them where things go. Like you have to have a home for everything. And then go through and get rid of the stuff that you guys don't need. So then on a daily basis now, on the clear storage, the 25-gallon storage container, every day you start putting stuff in there that they leave out. And you put it in there, and then you create a day in the week in which you say that this is going to go in the container, the 50-gallon container in the garage. And it says that if you leave it in here um, for a day, then it's mine. Mine being the parents. Mine being the parents, and it means that you don't want it, okay? <laughs> so, and the kid can either buy it back through chores or something of that nature, but what they do is they start to get the gist that i got to pick up my room and get disciplined about this, otherwise I'm going to lose this thing. So if they, it, and Betty says you, you get three chances. So like if it shows up in the, in the storage container, you know, three days in a row, then it goes into the 50-gallon container is the way he, he lets, lets the kid <laughs> off. But be positive. Show them how you know that uh, this is a great way to keep the room clean, and show them the positive way you know of what the room looks like. So, so that was one way that he and he says that um, yeah, that anything that's not in the, that's not in a tub um, or that that continues to be in a tub is something that they don't want. So the other thing is is that um, um, you can actually let the kid earn it back if they want um, and. You can also um, give your child an allowance uh, for chores and stuff like that that they can get um, to buy things back from, from the storage bin. Don't, I mean, if you don't want to give away the good stuff, then you can keep it for later when they get a little bit older. And the other thing you can do is give them bonuses for their allowance if the tub is empty on a daily basis as well. And he said this is pretty ironclad, and this is for kids that are uh, really young all the way to the ages of 12, so... I well, have an 11 year old. That's what I wanted to know. <laughs> I'll have to do that on a different segment. <laughs> so giving them bonuses for them, the, the thing to be empty is another incentive. I, I like that. So, you know, if, it's, if, the, if the container's empty, that means you get them in a routine. Because, you know, I've heard, you know, just shut the door and, you know, let them, you know, have a messy room, you know. But what I, what I notice what happens with that is that my kids don't match their socks, right? 
and then I see this little arm reaching through my doorway into my sock drawer, and I went to go put a pair of socks on last night, and there's, like, no socks in my drawer, you know, so <laughs> I'm not sure if that way is working. <laughs> That's really so anyway, cute. I'm going to try this way here. I'll go buy the, the storage containers, and we'll see if we can rediscipline the kids, though. But in any event, this is Lisa Molson with Family Matters, and I hope this little tip helps you out. Oh, I think just a lot of people are going, hmm, I think, I think I'm going to try that. Lisa, I appreciate that. It's yep. real tangible and real doable, and it sounds like it actually could work. Yep. That's thrilling. Well, we have, you don't know this, Lisa, but we have a croaky Debbie who is so croaky that we are going to play her, uh, um, her segment today, a pre-recorded segment when we caught her in clear voice. So, um, dear station, if you would put on, Debbie Ringchop and Retirement Rescue and Doctor for Money. Um, We love it. This is Debbie Ringchop here, Doctor for Money, with today's segment of Retirement Rescue. Today's topic aims at identifying some of the major tax consequences of investing. Because taxes are complicated and often unique to your situation, you should consult a tax advisor before making your investment decisions. As an investor, you pay income taxes and tax capital gains taxes on your investments. How much you owe depends on how the income is earned. You owe income taxes on interest earned on bonds. You also pay income taxes on dividends on stocks and mutual funds. You may earn income from investments as diverse as precious metals, business partnerships, or collectibles. However, today's focus is on stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Generally, If you sell a security at a higher price than you paid, you earn a capital gain. If you sell it at a lower price than you paid, you have a capital loss. The length of time that you hold that investment or holding period determines whether you have a long or short-term capital gain or loss. A security held for more than a year, meaning 366 days, is considered a long-term capital gain. Sales of securities held one year or less create a short-term capital gain or loss. Short-term capital gains are taxed as regular income, whatever your tax rate is. Capital gains are calculated by subtracting the basis or purchase price from the price you actually sell the investment. The good thing is long-term capital gains are taxed at a lower rate than your regular income. For all but the lowest tax level, you will pay 15% on your capital gains long-term. Investors that are in a 15% tax bracket get the benefit of only having to pay 5% on their long-term capital gains. What kinds of income do stocks, bonds, and mutual funds generate, and how is it taxed? Stocks generate taxable income as dividends and capital gains, which are both taxed at the same favorable rate. Generally, growth stocks don't pay dividends. Instead, they create wealth through a rise in their share prices. Income stocks, on the other hand, generate regular dividend income. Most stocks fall somewhere in between growth and income categories. Taxation on bonds are sometimes called fixed income securities. This is because most bonds have a fixed coupon rate. As a result, interest income is usually a constant amount over the bond term. Bonds also generate capital gains. Investors that buy a bond at a discount and hold it to maturity face the capital gain, and investors that buy it at a premium and hold it to maturity face the capital loss. 
taxation on mutual funds, well, this is more complicated. You buy and sell shares of most mutual funds at the fund's net asset value, called NAV, unless you're buying a close-ended mutual fund, in which case you often pay the discount or premium. You pay taxes on three components, the short-term capital gains, long-term capital gains, and dividends. Next time we'll talk more about tax implications for mutual fund investors. This was Debbie Ringchop, your doctor for money. This segment was part of my retirement rescue program. Pay yourself first, become your own bank, and enjoy the great riches you well deserve. If you have questions, please direct them to Debbie at wakingupinamerica.com or call me toll-free at 866-RADIO-99. Have a great day. Oh, really? I have to tell you, one of my favorite things that she says is pay yourself first (laughs) because in this society we seem to be paying everybody else first. So thank you so much, Debbie, and do get well. Uh, Cherie Ross, you little darling you, you master of the essential oils, um, what's up for you today? Well, in support of Helen and her wonderful work with water, we are going to talk about what oils you can use with water for what reason. For example, in your bath with stress relief. Or, I also have this, I found um, a wonderful shower head that you can put some Epsom salts in it and then uh, put some um, essential oils in the Epsom salts and it has a little switch so you can either um, just push the, the little lever one way and you'll get plain water. Push the little lever the other way and you will get essential oil water. Do you do that? Do you sell that? Yes. Oh, well, it's good. It's wonderful. So I have my hands on that if you'd like that. So you can decide if you'd want a clear water shower or an essential oil water shower. What do they sell for? Um, cheapers are under $25. Really? Yeah, they're not expensive. And they're great. You just screw them on your little, you know, the little part that sticks out of the wall. You just take off your shower head and screw this on. I want two of them now. <laughs> <laughs> so with the uh, stress relief, let's talk about my favorite oils. There's a special lavender that I work with called St. Marie's Lavender. And that lavender was rated by the French Medical uh, Testing Laboratory as the number one lavender in the world for its properties and how it works with the body and the emotions. And uh, the other oil that is my favorite is Idaho Balsam Fir. So if you want to put together the St. Marie's Lavender and the Idaho Balsam Fir, and you can put that in your bath or your shower, and you literally will feel stress melting away like butter on a hot pan. Now, for aches and pains, add to that formula the St. Marie's Lavender, the Idaho Balsam Fir, add a few drops of wintergreen, and then just hop and sit in the tub. And just, you will literally feel your aches and pains ease and ease and ease and ease and ease, just like someone is taking apart a knot, and the knot is gone. So, let's talk about what you can do for drinking water, okay? So, in the drink, so that's sitting in the water or, you know, bathing in the water or, um, or showering in the water. Also, let's do a healthy alternative to chlorine in hot tubs, purification oil. Purification oil, if you put in about 30 to 40 drops of purification oil, and it's under $20 in your hot tub, depending upon how huge it is. If it's a giant one, you probably need a, maybe need a whole bottle. That's 250 drops, but um, again, it's not expensive. And then every day that you use it, you just put another 10 to 20 drops in it, um, right either before you get in or right when you get out. It's that simple. And then you do not need the toxic chemicals that the heat is driving into your body. If you have things like fibromyalgia or arthritis, one of the worst things you can do is to go into a, anything chlorinated. 
because chlorine will actually make your pain much worse because it weakens your body's ability to recover. Can I ask you a question? Yes. What about bromide? Bromide is much less harmful. If I use that in the hot tub, but yep. I... Bromide and I'd throw some oils in. Yep, and these oils that I work with, by the way, they don't, they don't have anything to mess up any of your plumbing, okay? So you don't need to worry about that. So many oils have synthetic additives that will congest your plumbing. This will not, or your filters, this will not. My, the oils I work with are very, very, very clean. They're used in hospitals. They're used in surgery um, right now in South America. In the rainforest, we're using these very oils I'm talking about in surgery, in the surgical units when they go out into the rainforest. Okay, so let's. what if you are traveling? Well, I just, to help purify the water, I just talked to one of my uh, women that I work with who just got back with a group of people from Peru. She said, Sherry, out of 33 people, I was the only one who didn't get sick. I was the only one. And what she did was she either put lemon oil or a very special blend of oils that I work with called Thieves, T-H-I-E-V-E-S, Thieves oil or purification oil in her water before she drank it. The lemon has a little bit of a lemon taste. Thieves is a little bit cinnamony, spicy, and purification is a little bit of an herbally taste to it. And that's all you do. You put it in your water. It's absolutely astonishing because, for example, lemon oil helps to get rid of things like staph and strep and tuberculosis and pneumonia and other types of those microbes. Thieves kills 99.96% of every unhealthy microbe presented to it. Now, let's go into drinking water for weight loss. What are some three my favorite things for weight loss? One oil is called Citrus Fresh. And Citrus Fresh has in it orange. It also has in it tangerine, lemon, mandarin, grapefruit, and spearmint. Now, why does this help for weight loss? Two reasons. One, it assists your body in digesting unwanted fat. And two, it, it jumpstarts your metabolism. Three, what it also does is it tells your body that you're full and satisfied so that you don't eat so much. And it's absolutely amazing. You just put it in your water and drink it all day long. And you also will crave the foods that are not good for you um, much less. And the very last thing I'm going to end with is how do you, what oils can you put in water so that you just plain feel better emotionally? All right? Because there are oils, if you put them in your water and drink it, you will actually feel better emotionally. And those oils are orange, tangerine, mandarin, and grapefruit. Now, you can also throw lemon in, but these are my four favorites, orange, tangerine, mandarin, and grapefruit. And in closing, there was a study done in the University of Japan, and they found that when they experienced citrus oils, either drinking it or infusing it into the offices and the schools and the workplace, they had a 54% improvement in mental accuracy, concentration, and memory. <laughs> so Valerie's speechless right now. <laughs> I am. I was actually thinking of buying when I don't want to use up all the time here, but I was actually thinking of buying the town of Harmony, which has been for sale for a number of years up near San Luis Obispo. Oh, it is. And simply just putting this stuff in the water supply. Wouldn't that be cool? Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking about. Well, you know, you. I mean, I don't know anybody that wouldn't like a 54% improved in mental accuracy, concentration, memory, and by the way. It's not, it's not a type A improvement. It's a calm, peaceful, happy improvement. And this because is orange, tangerine, mango, and? Uh, mandarin. And grapefruit. grapefruit. Orange, tangerine, mandarin, grapefruit, and spearmint. And that is in the oil of Citrus Fresh. Or lemon will also do this, too. Any of these oh, so it's all in the one oil? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Citrus Fresh. Oh, my God. Maybe we could... 
put it in our kids' waters and stuff like that. Well, it would be amazing. They'd stop drinking. That's, this is the oil, citrus fresh, is the oil my sister used to get her son off of a 12-pack of Mountain Dew a day. <sighs> yep, and he did it in about less than, less than what? What do you say? Less than a week, five to seven days, he went from drinking 12-pack a day, being totally addicted to, and he's an athlete, to, because um, he was injuring himself all the time because he was so acid. Body was just so acid, and he wasn't remembering stuff. So she said, "That's it, enough, no pop." And um, boom, put him on citrus fresh in five to seven days, and he doesn't drink pop anymore at all now. No more soda pop. So um, you're going to send me the picture of this so we can put it on the website, right? So people can go to our store at wakingupinamerica.com and just buy this. Sure, if they'd like. Send me about three or four things. Send me the stress kit too, okay? Okay. And And we, um, Maureen's just waiting, ready to put them on the website. Fabulous. We are going to make our website so much interesting with all these different things that are available here. And should we tell them how to get a hold of us? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, it's www.wakingupinamerica.com or you can find us at toll-free 866-RADIO-99 or you can also find me at uh, www.young-living.net and by the way, if you missed any of that, there are replays of the show. It says we're on our website, and you can also go to our website, and you can go to wakingupinamerica.com forward slash shows, and you will actually be able to play shows. And how you'll find this show is it'll have today's date on it, which is the 1st of March, and it will also say probably Samuel, something like that. And then you can actually go and replay the show, which is what Debbie's going to be doing tonight. So if you ever miss the show, that's how you do it. We've got them on the website. We go back a couple of years, too, so you can have some fun. Um, and, George, I know you love fun, Mr. True Leader. Um, <laughs> well, I think Dennis Weaver was a true leader, and I think you know a lot of true leader. True, true leader, my mind, no, no, no. True leaders. So what are you going to talk to us about today? Today, Val, I'd like to talk about passion. Because I've had several people who, who've asked me the question, they say, how do I know what to do to make a difference around me? And it is our belief that God planted a passion in each one of us to help make the world a better place. And that passion is there. And if we really reflect on what are the things that really matter to us, and I, I was thinking about Dennis and in his celebrity, he could have chosen a lot of things to do um, to make a mark in the world, but he chose that economics. How can we mesh ecology with economics in a way that creates self-sustaining uh, systems for us? Because as we've grown in the world and, and the population has grown, the resources exist, but we cannot just use those that are exhausted. We have to be able to use the uh, resources in a way um, that allows us to replenish what we're doing. So Dennis had that passion, and he chose to do it. Now, he didn't know how he was going to do it, but he started following his passion. And in our book, True Leaders, our first chapter is called Passion is a Prerequisite. And my co-author, Betty Price, and I were talking uh, as we got close to the final stages of our book. Um, we had gone through the rough draft, and this was finalizing it. 
and we were debating whether we would put passion first or seeing things that aren't yet seen, the, the vision. And we were talking back and forth and looking at the notes from our leaders. And then we said, you know, we really do believe that God has inspired each of us, and that inspiration comes through in our passion. So we move, put passion first, and we've gotten such a great reaction to that. And I was thinking about our team. And Lisa has a passion for family matters. And therefore, she, she looks, she thinks, she acts, she expresses that passion in everything that she does. So I would ask each of you who are listening to us to ask yourself, what do I feel passionate about? Because you have something that you're passionate about, and you have some gifts and talents that will help you build on that passion. Example, in our volunteer organization, Rotary International. Six months ago, we put on the first Rotary International Leadership Institute in North Texas. Two of the people who participated in that first two-day program joined our faculty, the staff that's going to be putting on the March session, and we had our first planning session last night. One of the fellows who was there came with an idea. He said, you know, we bring together all these folks from different Rotary clubs, and wouldn't it be great if we could have the class do a class project, a service project, something that they will do over the next six months that they'll report back to the next class and inspire them to take on a new class project. Well, here's this fellow who attends the workshop and comes back with an idea to expand it, to build the connections, because that's what leadership is about, building connections with folks who want to make a difference in an area. So find your passion and begin to invite others to join you. You don't have to know how. You just have to know what. And people will show up, people will get involved, and you will find that you're building on the energy and shared passions of a larger group of people. This segment has been brought to you by True Leader Coach. We do help folks discover their passion and help them make progress in their lives. You can reach us at wakingupinamerica.com, 866-RADIO-99, or you can call my own toll-free number, which is 877-321-4TLC. That's 4852. Welcome your call, and we'll provide a free consultation for you on making progress in your life. Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, um, America Online today actually has a section on Can You Learn to Lead? And George is living proof that you absolutely can learn to lead. Some say that leaders are born. Well, they are. But they are um, way better leaders if they've learned the techniques and the, the concepts of the leaders that have come before them. There are just some people that are naturally inclined to do that. And, Val, we discovered that the people that we interviewed and the people that we work with in our business they have been nurtured by other leaders. You bet. And the same is true of the Olympic champions, George. Every Olympic champion that we've come across, Gail and I, I don't know if Gail is still on, yep. they all have strong families, every single one of them. So um, I think we're really pointing to something here. And I think, you know, in my little segment here of uh, Editor's Choice, 
I am so, I'm still looking at Dennis's picture and I'm so moved by what he, by working with Dennis, I've led a better life. I've, I've, I've been more of a leader and when I talked to Jerry, his wife, on Monday, Gail, I actually told her that I had a commitment to create perpetual funding for the Institute of Economics so that environmental studies could be in schools. And I'll tell you something, that's leadership. And one of the reasons I have that is because I have George talking, I have Lisa doing her thing, I have Gail doing her thing, Cherie, Debbie, the whole team, Pete in the background. You never hear Pete because he's the quiet one that, that makes all this happen and makes all the recordings come in and does all the technical stuff in the background. We've created a team of leaders here, and we're each leaders in our own in our own place. In my place, I actually, when I was reading the obituary, Gail, right. I don't know if you remember, it said that he had a writing partner by the name of Coglin. Yes. That's my name. Oh, Steve. That's my maiden name is Coglin. It's spelled a different letter. It doesn't have the U in it. But I thought of how many things just tied us. Um, when I heard Dennis talk, he actually... He actually used to sell Electrolux vacuum cleaners. There are not many people in the world that have done that. Okay. Right, but my dad did. Wow. So here, it's like there was no way for me to escape being affected by Dennis Weaver. Right, the connection. You, you know, you can't, there is certain, and everybody out there has got one or two of those connections in your life since you're not paying attention to because you don't see how to do it. All I can tell you is, is do it. Wherever you think the connection is, do it. Follow it. If you, I don't care if you call it karma. I don't care what you call it. But I look for, I mean, I'm sure we all do, Gail. We look for signs, right? Is, yep. is this, am I doing the right thing? And certainly if somebody comes up with my maiden name and that I'm just sitting there and it's like, to me, I lost a father for a second time when I lost Dennis. But the truth of the matter is, I'm so grateful that he he got to stay around as long as he did. And interestingly enough, you, we could give our condolences to the family. But the truth of the matter is, they all sound very happy. They're all happy. Yeah, they're all happy. And the reason they're happy is they had him at least five years longer than anybody ever could have anticipated. It's a blessing. So when you lead a good life, it's, things will come to help you. To get the job done, and a lot of our guests over the years have talked about intention. When I opened my mouth and I said to Jerry Weaver, I said, Jerry Weaver, I make you a commitment that I will help create a perpetual fund for the Institute of Economics so that it will never have to struggle for money and it will continue because this item is so important. It's like, where did I get off talking like that? Except I will. And Gail will help me, and, may, you know, I don't know what George wants to do, but I know that as I go on this and I make that intention, Wayne Dyer was so, his book, The Power of Intention, you put your intention out there and you start to do it and some kind of magic happens. We've got about one minute left in the show, guys. Does anybody have anything they'd like to say before we sign off? We're all drops in the ocean, uh, Val, and, you know, the ocean is vast and um, we all matter. So uh, we support you. Well, it's very funny to underestimate any one person's ability to influence others. Oh, perfect. You know, we we may be one drop, but we can affect an awful lot of those other drops just by pursuing something. You know, when when his daughter-in-law, Lynn, died, and we went to the memorial service, George, they gave us pieces of glass that were polished by the ocean, 
and they told us that they were mermaid's tears, that Lynn used to collect mermaid's tears and hand them out so that we could always remember uh, to take care of the environment. So when you said drops of water and all the things that you're saying, and then the show is about water today, and now we're learning that we can program water. Yeah. So, <laughs> George, what I meant was every drop is extremely important. Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody's saying the same thing. So all in our different ways. So we love you guys. We appreciate you so very much. We got an email this week from Portugal saying how much they enjoyed our show over in Portugal. The rest of you, please feel free to go to our website at wakingupinamerica.com, sign into the guest list, give us a comment, let us know what country you're writing from because emails don't tell us that. And we're just so pleased that you've joined us. I really want to thank you for listening today. Um, this program has been brought to you by Kirkard Media Group, Editors On Air, our radio partners, coningcompany.com, Dr. James Murphy and Memoriam, our executive producer, Nathan Jett, our associate producer, and thanks to our guest today, Helen Samuels and Dennis Weaver. God knows we love you and we've got more planned for you, sweetie. Our chief technical officer, Pete Laubach, and to just an amazing team of people uh, at Voice of America that are the hub for this broadcast. Um, thank you, Bent Migan, for Almost Ordinary People, the theme music that will be played. And next week, invite a friend to listen. We're actually going to have Lita Albuquerque on next week. And she does As Above, So Below. And check out her website at LitaAlbuquerque.com. Okay? There you go. And thanks for listening. This is for all. This is for all the time you tried to find your sister or your brother. Thank you for joining us today for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. Waking Up in America can be heard live every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on voiceamerica.com and Valerie welcomes all emails at heaveninincorporated.com. This is for you. This is for all you knew. 